G'day, I'm Barry Green. Thank you for joining me on Radio WA 87.6 FM in East Perth as we tell the stories of people and places in Western Australia. Or you might be listening in Bunbury, Buston, Dunsburg, Kawarama, Augusta or anywhere else on the planet via SoundCloud. My next guest is not a West Australian but features on the wall of faces in Augusta of people who've made a significant contribution to Augusta, to Western Australia or to Australia. So that qualifies him to feature on Radio WA. Dick Smith is an entrepreneur, adventurer and philanthropist. G'day, Dick. Hi, it's great to be there. And one day I'm going to get to Augusta and have a look, or Augusta, as you say it, those faces on the wall. I'm sure they'll be delighted to show you around. Wonderful. And uh, the name Dick Smith is, uh, is, is well known, obviously. Uh, unfortunately, the electronics store is no longer around, but you were also involved in the formation of the Australian Geographic magazine, which is still going. Yeah, that's right. Yes, I started at Dick Smith Electronics, owned it for about oh, 15 years myself. Then I sold it to Woolworths. They had it for about oh, nearly 20 years, and then they sold it on. And unfortunately... The typical greed of modern capitalism, the people opened over 350 shops and sent it into bankruptcy. If they'd kept about 100 Dick Smith shops, which were selling to electronic enthusiasts, they'd still be doing well today. So obviously greed doesn't always work. Yeah, that's true. And uh, capitalism is a great system when it's working well. Uh, there's a book called Conscious Capitalism, which I sort of subscribe to as a good idea. I've heard you say a number of times uh, extreme capitalism isn't working terribly well. Yeah, that's exactly right. I describe, see, capitalism has to have perpetual growth, which is in fact impossible in a finite world. But we have had about 150 years of growth. And now that we're getting to the limits of growth, you get what I call extreme capitalism, where people are doing things they don't want to do, and uh, I think there's going to have to be a major correction, and eventually we'll have to live in balance. That's music to my ears, Dick. You've uh, been making a few statements around the multinational booking engines and Airbnb. This is playing on a tourist radio format. Would you like to uh, make any comment on those? Yes, yeah, certainly. Look, what I found was quite fascinating that... Um, Whenever, you know, I, I decide to go out back Australia, I always grab my iPhone and I key in something like Mudgy Accommodation or Augusta Accommodation and up come all these names, Travago and What If and that. And I didn't really think much of them because I always scanned down and tried to book direct because I'm an Aussie. And anyway, I was listening to Australia All Over one day and there a person rang in from the budget motel chain and said that, First of all, these booking agencies were getting up to 50% of the business for typical Aussie motels, and they were charging up to 30%. Then I made a few phone calls, and I found out, first of all, the booking agents agencies are completely overseas, owned by, basically controlled by two unbelievably rich, greedy, selfish billionaires, and they were taking something like a billion dollars a year of money out of Australia from small country towns and sending it to the United States. And I rang one of these motels, I think it was one in uh, Tennant Creek, and said, look, why would you sign up with these people? And and the owner said to me, Dick, if we don't sign up, we'll lose 50% of our business because 50% of Australians now go to these sites because they think they're cheaper. And so I then did a video explaining this and telling people, look, whatever you do, don't book through one of these sites. Certainly use them as much as you can. Exploit them as much as you can. But then scan down 
and go directly to the motel, either lift up the phone and call them or book through their own booking site, and that means the money will stay in Australia. And in the end, we had 3 million hits, 3 million views with the YouTube video, and already I'm told that lots of Australians are now going direct and the money's staying here. That's fantastic, Dick. And uh, what's happened with these booking engines is something that I sort of figured might happen some years ago. When, when we created the Tourist Radio website, I'm calling it a, a West Australian Visitor Information Portal. Our website connects listeners and, and others direct to local businesses. So our, our business model yep. isn't based on the commission, it's based on a flat fee. I like to think it's based on Australian mateship. So businesses uh, can uh, be promoted on our website for a small annual fee if their website includes a link back to our website. Yep, well that sounds pretty sensible and the money's staying in Australia. Absolutely, and we're creating our own networks and, you know, I think I think it's sort of based on a good old-fashioned Australian mateship working together and, uh, you know, communities about working together and uh, sometimes it seems these big outside organisations are... Uh, seem to divide and rule, it? but uh, I sort of believe that'll only happen if we let them. Yep. And uh, what you're doing in, in bringing this to the wider attention is fantastic. Now, a book that I read some years ago, which I probably wouldn't have read if I'd just seen it on the shelf, was Prince Charles's book called Harmony, A New Way of Looking at Our World. And it was in the Donnybrook Library, donated by Dick, by Dick Smith and the the... the piece of paper in the front said in the interest of our children and our children's children would you like to talk a bit about that yes yeah, certainly prince charles's book on harmony is basically another word for balance and he he's quite sensible and he understands that you can't always have perpetual growth in the use of resources and energy and population that eventually you have to live in balance or he calls it harmony with the national natural environment and look we are we're part of that environment we're part of nature and if you look around you, you look at those beautiful cockatoos we have and the parakeets, they all, the numbers that, that are there now are probably the same that have been around for a few million years because they've got a niche and they live there in balance. But, but if you look at human beings, we have 7 billion at the moment. We're told it's going to go to 11 billion. We already have 2 billion almost starving. And... One day you have to live in balance. What Prince Charles says is we should be doing it now and we should be planning for that. And as you know, in a smaller way, and we've already spoken about it, in Australia, we have to live in balance. We should be bringing our immigration down to about 70,000 a year, which is still very high by world standards, instead of the current 200,000. And that will level off our population about 30 million, which sounds pretty sensible to me. And I guess from a media point of view, we can watch the ABC in Australia or we can watch the commercial media. The ABC is always accused of being left-wing. Capitalism is about making a profit and there's nothing wrong with making a profit and the businesses have to make a profit to survive. But it seems to me that the, the commercial media has become more and more right-wing and uh, you, you've been very good at using the media to promote your businesses over the years um, Dick, uh, how, how do you see that unfolding? Well, I do. I think it's not so much right-wing as as they start to get to the limits of growth, they have to become more extreme. And uh, imagine if you were the working for Rupert Murdoch here. Now, he would just be demanding never-ending profit increases. He's only worth, I think, $20 billion, And he probably sees Jeff Bezos, the bloke who runs Amazon, who's worth $140 billion, And he probably thinks that's terribly unfair. 
So he would be putting pressure on his journalists here in Australia to send never-ending profit increases. And so what happens is these poor people who work for these public companies know they'll get the sack unless they increase profits all the time. But now it's very hard to increase the profits ethically. You've got to start bending the rules and becoming unethical. Uh, when it comes to the ABC, they tend to have a sort of a group think where, I mean, you'd think the ABC being a bit lefty would support having a population plan for Australia. But in fact, the ABC spruiks population growth. It's right in the developer's hands and it, it spruiks population growth, endless growth, because they link anyone who talks about immigration levels to being racist. And so then there can be no discussion. Yeah, that is unfortunate um, because it absolutely is not a racist argument and you you often compare things to the aviation situation and, and I sort of see this, uh, you know, Australia needs to get its own population house in order uh, before it can help the rest of the world. It's a bit akin to, um, you know, if the oxygen mask drops down, you've got to get your own oxygen mask on before you help anybody else. Well, Barry, you're absolutely right. That's a very important thing you've said. And that's why it is important for Australia. What we should be doing is concentrating on getting our own population in balance and then we should be funding overseas so any child that's born is a wanted child. And uh, some of the greatest population growth is in Africa where they simply don't have contraceptives or the education to use contraceptives. And honestly, uh, the Aboriginal people lived in Australia for over 50,000 years never with more than one million people. And that's because they realised that was the carrying capacity of the country. It's a very arid country. Paul Ehrlich, who wrote The Population Bomb in the 60s, predicted that people would be starving in the 80s. But he didn't realise that the crop out could output could be increased staggeringly by modifying and by using fertilisers. Yes, uh, you're right, but the, all those fertilisers are mined and there's no such thing as a sustainable mining industry, is there? No, you're exactly, you're exactly right. So, I mean, you and I are in great agreements with this, and I think most people who would be listening to this would also be agreeing that there's a limit to everything, and we have absolutely no plan. The major political parties, the only thing they spruik is growth. It's actually endless growth, but they never say that. They just talk about growth, and that's impossible. David Attenborough says the only two groups who believe in endless growth are accountants, or maybe he said economists, and cancer cells. And of course, cancer cells quite often kill the host. So no, you can't have perpetual growth, but the whole of our economic system is built on perpetual growth. And I happen to believe there's going to be, have to be some type of major collapse before we fix it. I believe that humans are probably affecting the climate and heating the world. But once again, you'll need some major catastrophe. It's no good saying that's the worst drought in 60 years. You'll have to have the worst drought forever before people will say, let's do something about this because it will require a lot of sacrifice. The difference in the time we're at now is that the internet is creating a free exchange of ideas and information, and I know that it does get corrupted a bit, but as long as you're allowed to have a website and I'm allowed to have a website and I'm allowed yep. to promote what you do and you promote what I do, I'm optimistic there's an opportunity that's never existed before for the good information to rise to the top. The way people think it's largely been determined by the messages in commercial media, and that's exclusively available to people with lots of money. Yeah, but you're, you're then working on the fact that most, human, most of us are sensible, and I don't think we are. So I hope you're right. 
I'm very concerned about the internet because quality journalism is going to go. And I've had great experience over 40 years of my life talking to good journalists who can write good articles, and I've managed to make change. I ran a campaign against cigarette advertising that was directed at children, and that was assisted by good journalists. Now, if we're not careful, if everyone just sends their information out via the internet, who pays for those good investigated to give journalists and that's a problem i i agree and you know in a previous life i did work in commercial television a job that no longer exists so i, I do know what right. you're talking about but at the same time you look at how you've got the message out using social yep. media and i know no, there are advantages but i think you'll find their disadvantages and be very careful i know politicians always say oh yes australians always make the correct decisions i don't agree with that i don't think the majority of us always make the correct decisions See, I'm told we, we basically came from the plains of Africa where we've learnt to respond to immediate threats. And now we've got a threat that might be in the long term. It's a lot harder for us to sacrifice now when there's a chance it mightn't happen. When it comes to climate change, the climate scientists say they're 95% sure. So then you'll get plenty of human beings who'll say, oh, well, let's go for the 5% and do nothing. Well, Dick, it's been fantastic talking to you. And you are an inspiration to Australians. And uh, I think we need more Dick Smiths. And, uh, and um, you know, so I choose to be optimistic because it feels better than being pessimistic. And I believe Australians are smarter. Well, good on you, Barry. I, I, you know, I really hope you're right. And you very well could be. And maybe the individuals will make the correct decision in the end. When I'm talking about some type of a crash, I'm not necessarily saying that it's... Uh, going to be the worst that sort of brings everything back to reality again and my mother lived through the great depression and you know she was always telling us to turn off lights and to save and so forth that was good training and so these uh, and and i've had my parents live through the second world war that brought out the best in people so everything is not bad i agree with you but i'm not probably quite as convinced that the majority of us will make the correct decision i just wonder if that'll happen i i wonder too I've become a bit philosophical and a quote that I like from Mary Mead Philanthropist is that never doubt the ability of groups of committed individuals working together to initiate change. And what I believe is the internet is providing a mechanism for those groups to work together in yep. a way that's never existed well, before. Well, you're right. No, and I think that's right. I mean, concerned individuals working together, that's better than people who are apathetic and don't care. That's fantastic, Dick. Good on you, mate. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was Australian entrepreneur, adventurer and philanthropist Dick Smith with a few points for you to ponder while you're relaxing on holiday. As Dick says, we're all a part of nature. Our programs have been created to encourage our listeners to explore and look after the state of Western Australia. For a few generations, we've tended to take food, water and energy for granted. But all these things will only continue to be available to us if we continue to maintain an economically and environmentally sustainable rural communities. Radio WA encourages our listeners to explore regional WA. Tourism not only adds to the economic diversity of regional communities, but also has a place to play in increasing the understanding of the city and rural communities and their interdependence. Cities can't prosper without an economically and sustainable rural communities. To listen to this interview and others with West Australians doing great things all over Western Australia, go to radiowa.com.au forward slash conversations WA.